you of Masterpiece Theater presents the series conclusion of Jabrowski, Private Eye. It was a dark and stormy night. The kind of a night that makes David Villa kick out in frustration. My knee twitched as I thought about the last time I'd been out there. It'd been a hot day in Carolina. I'd founded a pasta but lost to the dame. Solved the case but torn my ACL. I had to find her. She'd sustained me throughout the search and now she was gone without a trace. The bum knee meant that I'd hire a bum of my own. An apprentice. A helper. A protege. Detective, please stop calling me Watson. That's a completely different guy. That's enough, Watson. Tell me what you've dug up. She's gone, Jeb. They said she was on the first car out of town. We won't be able to get her back. I was afraid of that, Watson. My name's Jack. That's enough, Watson. I knew where she was headed. I hobbled over to 35W. That's where I saw a familiar shadow. It was like she'd known I'd be there. You can't stop her, Jeb. You have to let her go. I knew I had to let her go. Holding on to her wasn't going to do me any good. I did manage a couple of words in response before she hightailed it out of there. See you, Nessie. You're my Wonderwall. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to the very last Toughcast by two United fans. This is Nush. This is Colin. And Caleb. And Toughcast is going to heaven. It's episode 77. Is that two dark guys? Nah. No, <laughs> okay. no I don't nah. think so. No, 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 no. no th- th- now, if you were drinking a nitro porter, maybe that would be two. I'm, I'm drinking a mocha porter. That's close. Okay, I don't even know if the nitro porter actually exists. I was going for nitro stout. Oh no, plenty of nitro porters exist. Um, Odell Cutthroat is always best served on nitro. There you go. Yeah, I I thought I'd heard about it before, but then like you know, you had me doubting myself with all those looks that you're giving me. Now that we're in the same room, I can actually see you reacting to what I'm saying in real time, as opposed to like Skype delay. Yeah. Wait. Hang on. Uh, Raise your eyebrows. Oh my goodness! It actually happened. (laughs) Right. It is you. Right. Yeah. It it is. It is. It's uh, well. Let's not go too far. Maybe it's, I'm just a, a projection of your minds. That's way too heavy for this podcast. <laughs> I think so. But hey, the podcast is not going away. Speaking of the podcast, it's just going to change its name. We're going to be uh, another pod called uh, something else. Maybe we'll announce it by the end of the show if you stick around and listen to the whole thing. Ooh, nice. Tease them at the beginning to stay to the end. I like yeah, it. there see. I mean, why else would anyone listen to this thing? To leave, I know. Right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how have you guys been? It's been so long. It's so nice to be in the same room as you. How have you been? Like, they've actually heard from us lately. They've missed you. Uh, the end of my trip was pretty good. It was uh, just a, kind of like a wild finish, you know. I, I actually met up with some friends and had a good time in both Seattle and Portland over the course of one weekend. Nice. There's this, like, Thai place in Portland called uh, Bok Bok where they serve um, Thai street food. It, it's really weird, and it's really cool. Like, when they order rice, like sticky rice, they give it to you in, like, 
some sort of plastic case that they steam it in and then it's inside a kind of triangular shape saran wrap so you can hold it and like chew on it like it's a an apple or something it's really strange that sounds strangely delicious yeah 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 and, and like you know it's the, the chef uh, was this guy who was like, you know, I want to create a restaurant where I serve Thai um, street food. And he did. And it's it's really interesting. Not all my cup of tea. Like, I ordered this, like, roast chicken and it came out cold. And that was the way it was supposed to be. But uh, oh, weird. And apparently there's, like, long lines uh, every day, too. Oh, that's so And this is successful. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when, we, when we play Portland and you guys go uh, away to watch them, go to this place. Bok Bok. Sweet. Well worth it. But yeah. anyway, we should probably get get on to some uh, actual soccer news and such. Yeah? What's, what's the first on our plates? Um, well, NASL playoff matchups have been decided. And one team that we know and love is missing from those matchups. Uh, <laughs> Miss United did not make the playoffs in the last week of NASL regular season. It's uh, Edmonton and Indy will play each other. And uh, Ryo OKC <laughs> is playing New York Cosmos. That's weird. Right? I- I don't understand. Like, as you were saying it, you're like, am I sure about this? Yeah. Like, have I, have I made a mistake? <laughs> like, is, am I horribly wrong? This is all just a <laughs> bad fever dream that I'm going to wake up This is the darkest soon. timeline. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll get on to the Minnesota game, but I think we should talk about these matchups really quick. Um, first one, we since we're talking about OKC, let's just talk about them. You know, since the season started, I've been kind of bullish about their chances. People were kind of... Uh, including me, we're kind of uh, thinking about how all that midseason turmoil was going to affect them. But hey, mm-hmm. credit to the players that just kept their heads down and went for it. It's kind of like the, the Silverbacks did last year where siege mentality. Yeah, basically. I mean, it, how many games unbeaten are they on? 10 at this ten. point? I think yeah. it's 10. That's, it's ridiculous considering how many distractions are around. And if you look at Minnesota how distractions apparently are the complete kryptonite for any normal <laughs> soccer team. Um, but they do certainly have good players. Um, I think they're probably playing better than their talent allows for. Mm-hmm. But credit to them for making the playoffs. Totally. I mean, you wonder if they do well in the playoffs, if, if that means that dude from... Uh, Spain will will actually continue funding the team, uh, Presa, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or or if that that'll be the end for them if they, if they manage to go to the soccer bowl and fold at the end of the year, that would be embarrassing. You know what would also be embarrassing though is if the other team in this fixture won because New York Cosmos have said that they're gonna host the NASL soccer bowl final, the championship final, at Belson Stadium in Elmont, which holds, wait for it. 2,600 people. That is half the number that showed up to short last year for the final. Well, first off, hold the phone. You actually said, Elmont, it's in Jamaica, Queens, man. <laughs> like, it's apparently a big deal that... They're this, in the city. Yeah, they are actually in the city. Uh, nobody gives a damn. No, <laughs> like, no nobody, nobody does. Nobody cares. I mean, I, the only thing that would be better than that the stadium would have over short maybe is if they allowed people to take beer into the stands, which I don't even know if they have that. This is a disaster for the SL. If the soccer bowl, if the championship final is held in a stadium this tiny, that's horrendous. Like, that'll be half the capacity of the USL final uh, or the half the attendance of the USL final, which is hosted by New York Red Bulls too. It's absolutely ridiculous. It The Belson Stadium can be expanded to 
5,000. But still, like, FC Cincinnati, a new team in USL, averaged 17,000 in attendance this whole entire season. Right. And to have 5,000 at the NSL championship game is an embarrassment to the league. In in one of the biggest cities in the country. Mm-hmm. Though, to be fair, once you account for all the Cosmos fans that are going to be buying tickets, that does leave about 5,000 tickets for the Brickyard Battalion. <laughs> so, so if Indy does make the play or make the final, then congratulations. They'll have plenty of room at the tiniest stadium that you could possibly find for this final. I think most people in the NASL right now are hoping that Ryo does uh, win this. By the way, the mm-hmm. best headline I saw about the uh, the, the stadium change was that uh, Cosmos relegate soccer ball <laughs> final <laughs> to Belson, <laughs> which is fantastic. And uh, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I think Ryo has the potential to pull this through, and I really hope they do because of the stadium debacle. The best case scenario right now is that Indian OTC win for NASL. Right. Indy has a great f- fan base at home, and they'll definitely pull up the mic. Right. Um, Edmonton uh, kind of shaky on the tennis at home. I don't think they'll get that many for a soccer bowl. Well, it's a small stadium, too. Yeah. Right? I, I believe Some so. 2000 something. Yeah. I believe at Clark Stadium. So, like, again, even in this fixture, you're thinking, like, what's better for the league is Indy. Mm hmm. But then again, you think of all the really awesome rock shows that you go to, and everyone's like, yeah, but I saw them when they were only in a 100-person cedar bar. And it was so cool, man. <laughs> like, you're going to have so many soccer hipsters being like, I saw the 2016 NASL final, man. To be fair, you're also criticizing the Dark Clouds, who still a lot of Dark Clouds that I know fondly remember a game against Carolina back, I think it was in like 2008 or something. I think it was a Thunder uh, playing Carolina at, at NSC, and it rained so hard, and there was so many hours of rain delay that they sent all the ushers and stadium staff home. So essentially, there were like twenty dark clouds, <laughs> and the players and coaching staff left in the stadium. I'm not even joking. And people were like going out to the to the parking lot, bringing in like cases after case of beer to drink in the stand. That is amazing. The dark clouds are standing behind the Carolina bench and just heckling the shit out of them. <laughs> and it's like when, when people say like you'll hear dark clouds saying like rain games are the best. This is the game that they're talking about. Despite the fact that 500 of them are going to say, yeah, I was at that game when 20 people stayed. <laughs> yeah, I was totally there, guys. Um, <laughs> don't insult my memory of that game. Uh, but, but Indy versus FC Edmonton, what, do you, what does your gut tell you about that fixture? Seems to be a, a well-rounded team going up against a very good defensive and might-nick-a-goal sort of team, which... It sounds cagey, to say the very least. I think this is going to be a one-goal game. Um, mm. Who gets that goal? I don't know who's going to get that goal, but I'm hoping it's Indy. Um, just for the, yeah. I want to see the, the Indy guys have a home game. I think the finals, and that's the best chance to do that is win the first game. Hope OKC can beat New York, which I think they have the potential to. I I would I would really like to see Indy win simply because of the the supporters that they deserve mm-hmm. it and yeah, like absolutely you know with their new stadium that they want to get built. What better way to do this than host the final, invite some local politicians into the crowd, and show them, like, this is what soccer is. This is the kind of thing that'll... that'll if you if you help us with this, these are all the people that will uh, benefit from it. So mm-hmm. I, I hope it's Indy versus uh, OKC as well in the final. All right. Well, um, just moving along to a bit of news. Um, speaking of, of people winning things and, and being celebrated and doing amazing work in the NASL, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers today put out a 
uh, a press release called by the most generically named journalist Bob Williams as defiant, a defiant press release. So in honor of this, I want to praise the Fort Lauderdale season um, uh-huh. in the same sort of way. So I do want to congratulate them for being the only team that had a player called up to a USC national team. I'm putting an asterisk on this. Um, uh-huh. They were also <laughs> the only team, again, with an asterisk, uh, to have a bicycle kick bounce off a couple of people and end up in the goal of the year race. Um, and they also apparently were, again, with an asterisk, uh, the best team in the league. Um, naturally, the asterisk is um, teams that are in Florida, but um, just just for just for balance, I'm going to give a couple that don't have asterisks on them. Hey, they were also the best team that people speculated that Ronaldo would play for. Okay. Uh, not Again, only that. The best team with Brazilian owners in the NASL. The best team that plays at a cricket ground in NASL. The best team that played for paid for two players for $1 each. Right. Yeah. The best team that's sponsored <laughs> by an energy drink in NASL. Lots of plaudits, man. Yeah, the strikers yeah. have done amazing stuff. And, and I just want to say to those hacks at 55-1 who didn't trust that the strikers would come through. Well, in your face. In your face, Alex Schieferdecker. For not trusting that the Fort Lauderdale strikers would prove you wrong. And end up mid-table. Right. <laughs> this whole thing was just a giant pat on the back to themselves after it's <laughs> a, a, a nightmare in the front office and on the field and like, in the stands. You would think that a a smart and reasonable PR person would have done some, not only just copy edits, because there were a couple of typos in there because it, it's a <laughs> press mean, release, come on. but you would think that they would think to themselves, man, slamming 55-1 by name and saying, fuck the haters... That, that just seems okay, like... Clarification, they didn't actually say fuck the haters explicitly in the press release, <laughs> although I would not put that past them. I, I think that was in the first draft. Oh, okay. Yeah. More people write for 55-1 than attend their games. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't put yes. it out there right now. I'm going to call that burn ward in Fort Lauderdale and tell them that they expect a few... Uh, few people there i'll send your um, in the mail right the mail. okay if well they're still employed by fort lauderdale <laughs> at this point yeah well you know i hope for their fans that the team does go on but this is just I oh, mean, wait come on did you just say plural for fort lauderdale fans there's <laughs> <laughs> that one guy like this is the greatest day ever i'm oh. riding the guaraviton <laughs> all right well there was one nasl game that actually mattered this past weekend uh, all the others were pretty much you know they all hinged on this one, and that was Minnesota United versus New York Cosmos. I was, of course, unable to be at this game, which is going to probably be one of my biggest regrets going forward is that I missed the last game of the Nessie because, God, it looked like so much fun. Let's just say this. It started out with a tailgate that included two small children handing out jello shots. Really? Yeah. Yes. That I have, happened. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's you, awesome. You do you, Dark Clouds. <laughs> Please continue to do you. Um, but unfortunately, it did end up uh, 1-0 to the Cosmos. Um, 8,609 fans witnessed what was certainly a very memorable game. That's disappointing to me. This should have been a sellout. It definitely should have. Um, it was raining all day. It stopped just in time for the game, so it was perfect. But then people were, were deterred by that. Um, it was really our first cold-weather game of the year at home. It's true, um, right? Yeah. yeah. Miss United, even though we lost, we played very well. Jimmy Maurer had one hell of a game. All credit to him. 
Mm-hmm. I, I almost changed my best 11 vote for goalkeeper just off of the basis of this game because it, I cannot describe the level that Minnesota was pressing for seven or eight goals that they would have deserved had mm-hmm. Jimmy Maurer not been playing in a complete other world. You, you think that the thing that's holding him back from MLS is his size? Because he's not a gigantic well, dude. Yeah. He's not Romando. He's tall, but he's not himself in MLS. Right. He's 5'9". Yeah, that's But he's, true. he's, he's big. He is uh, a stockier kind of guy. Jimmy Maurer is... He's kind thin. of... He's very yeah, thin. Wiry. Yeah. <laughs> he's wiry. Another reference? No? Okay. No, 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 no. Is that that Scottish accent you were trying to learn before? It's that only two words I can say without it just completely falling out. So Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. It's from the replacements. No. no. I, I actually do remember okay. it. I was just like not <laughs> acknowledging it. So. Okay. Burn. Oh, damn. Um, okay. So, so I also heard that at this game, because again, I wasn't actually able to even watch this game. I was in, during, in a college fair at the time. Mm-hmm. I heard that the loons gave it their all. They really pushed. Yeah. So it, they really tried to bring this one home. Um, yeah, very tense first half. Um, I wouldn't I'd, really I'd, say it too. was pretty even. Maybe just slight edge to the Cosmos. Okay. Yeah. 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 The pressure was definitely on the Cosmos, but Loons were doing pretty well. Forty um, ninth minute, though, it just it kind of just the one terrible mistake that they made mm-hmm. ended up being a goal for uh, noted U.S. Youth National um, Eric Elvio. Hey, don't take away from Fort Lauderdale for having a guy who is on the U nineteen youth national team. You gotta men- every time we mention an NASL player uh, having any national team affiliation, now we have to mention the strikers in response. Oh, Otherwise, totally. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, but hey, in all seriousness, though, we should before we go to break talk a little bit about this season for Minnesota United because one of the things that I saw when the goal of the year video for NASL came out was that the first one was. Christian Ramirez's second-minute goal in the first game that Minnesota played this year. It's literally his first touch. We were all wondering how the season was going to go. We were all hyped to high heaven. And it felt like everything, we, we had all our preconceived notions about this team had been proven right. And everything went terrible after that. Did it really, though, is my question. No, no. but it felt like it. <laughs> right? I think this is kind of 2015 repeat, um, where... Our results weren't horrible. You know, when you're really thinking about it, they, they until maybe at the end of the fall, they weren't like terrible, terrible. But it felt like it because we felt so far short of expectations. Right. Our expectations, our, our expectations were set so high at the beginning of the season that if, unless we won the won the soccer bowl, we wouldn't have we would have been disappointed. I think, and it's it, not always a great place to come from in the beginning, beginning of the season. I think we almost had as high of expectations as Hillary Clinton had during the debates. So anything that fell short would have been a miserable failure. So we weren't able to quite get to the level that we thought we would be at. I mean, in the, in the spring, we did finish fourth, and we only lost one game at home. The problem was that— No, no, we, uh, we drew one game at home. We lost, like, five at home, I thought. Spring. Oh, during the spring. Sorry. In the yeah. spring, we lost one game at home. The problem was we only won one at one away yeah. in the spring. So we finished fourth. So I don't think the spring was a big, huge catastrophe. I think it was just not satisfying. And it was the fall season that really let us down. 
where if you look at our our record, as you were just saying, we finished way down in eighth with zero wins away, six uh, draws and five losses away from home. That's atrocious. Yeah, yeah, and there's not really a valid explanation for it outside of just poor performance. You know, they had a a number of injuries, but you could have actually said that some mm-hmm. of the players that were stepping in for those specific positions were actually the best players on the field. Think especially when Jeb Brodsky played a hell of a right back for them mm-hmm. when Kevin Venegas was out. Right. Yeah, they ended up looking a completely different team because they were not bombing down the right flank. But at the very least, they weren't shipping goals like crazy. It just seemed like there was something disjointed with the team the entire year. We could never really find that balance between good defense and good offense. It's usually one or the other. Mm-hmm. And we had good offense try to outscore the opponent while they were scoring. And that didn't always happen. We had good defense, we just couldn't score. So we didn't never find that balance between the whole entire team. And you, you really can't have any success with that. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, it, it comes down to, against expectations, where we were told, or at least saw, that there was going to be a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. And in a few critical positions, it wasn't there. Or the players that we thought were going to be really good, like Lance Lang, turned out to not do so well. So I, I can't wait until the autopsy report starts to come out and somebody actually explains what happened with Lance Lang this year. I think that won't happen until he moves to a new team and someone asks him the question over there. And then hopefully he's willing to talk because I'd like to hear his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd like to hear more about the season. You know, Wes Burdine had a great... Uh, theory about this on Twitter. He was talking. He quoted an article from earlier in the year from Fifty Five One, where he talked about how um, the players won't be covered in the off season. They didn't have contracts going past this year, so if they got hurt, they were on their own, and the, and and that's got to hang uh, on top of a player. You know, that's got to weigh quite heavy on their mind when they think about how hard to go, whether it's worth giving that like last little bit of something, and or whether it's worth trying to play it safe and not and have a job. You know, and then some place to like pay their bills and such. So, I don't know. It, it's it's a it's a rough call. We can we can all probably blame the injuries. We can blame the tactics. We can uh, certainly some people blame Carl Craig. Yeah. <laughs> some I, people we could also talk about this for another yeah. few hours. I yeah. do want to say one thing about sure. uh, Wes's theory. As much as I do want to subscribe to that, and I think that that might have played into it, I don't know if that would have been wise for the players themselves because. If it's evident to people on the outside, it's going to be even more evident to the people who are seeing standard players day in, day out, who are willing to go all in on tackles, even in in training, rather than during the 90 minutes. So if somebody is perceived to be dogging it simply because they don't want to get themselves injured, don't want to get themselves you know, missing out on a contract for 2017 with another team that's going to reflect very poorly on them going forward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, did it happen? Possibly. Would it have been wise for them in the first place? I don't think so. But who yeah. knows? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many things went wrong for the loons this year. That's the bottom line. 
Well, get used to it because uh, next year isn't going to be easy. I think all of us are saying that when we were watching the MLS yeah. highlights just now. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get destroyed in a few games. More the, than a few games. We don't have a single player right now. Yeah. We don't have a coach. 11 on 0 is not going to do well for us. We've got a stadium. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this beforehand. Um, currently, with zero players signed, um, that means that every single game is going to involve 11 players for the other team being able to dribble it directly into um, our net. Does the offside rule play an effect? If there's no defenders. If there is, I'm if pretty sure you need no to one... field a minimum number of players to actually have the game go on. So if you really want to be technical about it, yes or no, it doesn't play in because there wouldn't be a game. Sorry, but that's that. that's not the fun way of looking at this. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So, tell you what, um, how about we take a break and during the interim, why don't everybody think about this? Just ponder it for five seconds. Sounds like a great idea. Or don't. Just, just <laughs> don't. <laughs> Welcome back to TuffCast. Bye to United fans. The final episode of TuffCast. Because next week, we're going to come back with a podcast called We Call It Soccer. You were supposed to save that to the end. We just lost half our listeners. Well, that still leaves one. So we're okay. (laughs) No, no. That means that our one listener cut himself in half as a result of this. And Wow. Oh, wow. We were really committed listeners. Well, the new podcast is going to cover all... um, well, I was going to say all soccer everywhere, but I have no That's... interest in the Malaysian fifth division, guys. <laughs> um, by the way, did you guys hear that after the, the king of Thailand passed away, they had to uh, cancel the Thai league, which meant that there were two teams that were tied uh, for some points that got relegated. And they, there was like one or two points that separated them from the uh, team that, that was saved. So it, they, they canceled, like I think it was like... M- the final weekend or something like that and, and and essentially screwed these two teams that could have like made it back up so two tied teams tied oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's all i heard and the rest of it was just static I'm really sorry. <laughs> well played well played uh so yeah we are gonna cover a lot of more soccer than we do today so we're gonna have nasl coverage still usl coverage added in there because we are paid by don garber now um MLS coverage, uh, maybe some NPSL coverage sometimes. Oh, I think we'll talk about the Minneapolis City. Well, they're, they're, there. Aren't they like the another? Aren't they that lead you just no. said? I don't know anymore. No. They, they're cha- the There's some they're weird all... stuff happening at that level right now, and I don't can't really follow it. But we'll have that. We'll follow the U.S. men's and women's teams. We'll also have a little bit of EPL and other European League coverage, the UEFA Champions we'll League. alone. Right? So we're going we're gonna to make this a bigger pod, okay? And it's not just going to be Liverpool and Arsenal, which these two guys support, but other stuff too. But it should be just our, our two teams. Seriously, yeah. Like, <laughs> when is it that well, we? We totally always made fun of Manchester United too, though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Please, yeah, I would join fun. in on that. Yeah. yeah, God. Yeah. Speaking of, we need we need to start our weekly tradition of laughing at Jose Mourinho because <laughs> Manchester time. United ended up drawing against Burnley nil nil, despite how many shots on goal? Uh, Eleven shots on goal, thirty-seven in total, including a sitter that Zlatan just sent. Nowhere near the net. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, and and Jose got sent to the stands, which I yes. think is hilarious. And he got charged for misconduct for something like the eight million time. Game. Yeah, That's I hate likely. that guy. He's awful. He's a terrible human being. He's I, just such a whiny, whiny man. 
I had to tolerate him because my wife's a Chelsea fan. But uh, after after he left, we both started hating him. It was, it was so see, great to like let that side of me go. And this like, is why you you're him. married and I'm not because. If that had happened and I, my partner was a Chelsea fan, I would have like used that relentlessly to like mock and make fun of their team. Yeah. Yeah. I I would too except for my wife at least doesn't really care about sports or she's just a Spurs fan and is afraid to tell you. If she is Have you asked Casey? Uh you're just gonna, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna like. Uh, oh wait, that's right. She doesn't listen anyway. Who cares? You're gonna be like checking out the Spurs, uh, Minnesota like Twitter page or whatever, and they're gonna post a picture of the Nomad, and she's gonna be there in the corner, like with the Spurs jersey on, uh, just hiding her face. Like, oh no, there's <laughs> photographic evidence. <laughs> Stop this. Uh, but I hear there's a there's a North London derby this Sunday at yeah, six like, a.m. at six a.m. <laughs> and God. and by the way, so. I used to live in Arizona, and I uh-huh. used to go out to the bar at 4 or 5 a.m. for some of these West Coast games um, because Phoenix is weird. It's on both Pacific time for half the year and Mountain time for half really? the year. Yeah, really? yeah, it doesn't change for the um, time zones. Um, anyway, so I would go out to the bar at 5 a.m., and they would be serving coffee. And then at 6 a.m., that's mm-hmm. the time when you could suddenly start drinking because Arizona is basically Florida man with, like, a cowboy hat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, That makes a lot yeah, of sense. So I would, I would post on Twitter just taunts at the MSP Gooners that people in Phoenix could drink before them. Why were you taunting fans of your team? Because we got to drink when we scored like there was one time where per Mersacker got a header and everybody <laughs> ordered yag shots for the entire like 25 of us at six in the morning i yes. just want to say that caleb is pretend sleeping through this whole conversation <laughs> uh on the couch next to next to colin someone say to Tino, what's happening yeah, there you go. Well, okay. We we we'll uh, well starting with the new podcast. We'll we'll have uh, a story time with Colin section where Colin just tells you stories of following the Gunners from and the Arizona. Nap time. Trust and me. then there was this one time at four thirty when Mesut Ozil had a brilliant ball, and we were all cheering so loud. And then the well, no, no, the, the loud cheering didn't happen at four thirty because none of us could drink yet. We were just really oh, okay. bitter about the fact. And then 6 a.m. started, and then everybody was like, okay, we need to make up for lost time. All right, all right, all right. Speaking of making up for lost time, let's actually go back and start talking about the NASL briefly again because there are some year-end awards. Uh, the first one, which is the goal of the year, which there were, was something like 10 nominees. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And Did we pick all different ones, by the way? We, we did. We did, surprisingly. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. All right, who wants to go first and be wrong? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I chose the one where Joe Cole rides his bicycle and... I thought it was a great goal. The, the announcing makes it that much better. Bicycle kick! Like, it's like... I want to ride my bicycle! I want to ride my bike! What the hell was that? <laughs> uh, that was me not being able to reach Freddie Mercury notes on bicycle It's alright, Colin. No one can reach Freddie Mercury's notes. I don't think Freddie Mercury could reach Freddie Mercury notes. Well, he can't now. See, that's too dark. See, that was dark. <laughs> all right, all right. It's so like you a, picked jo- un- the joke hole. Us uncultured U.S. soccer fans don't know what a bicycle kick is until it's like right in front of us and we just freaked out. But I, yeah. 
So you were, you were with his chest in the air and wasn't like Ramirez's best rotation from a couple years ago was great. You shut your it, mouth but before you criticize in, it. It looped in. Joe Coles was a laser into the top net. And I think that's just a slight better than what I saw during the rest of the highlight <sighs> videos. If, okay. All Ramirez right. is still a great goal. I'm not taking yeah, anything away better, from him. Better, better. You better, better uh, yeah. give some caveats there. Um, what do you think, all? Who do you pick? Um, I've got the ridiculous volley off the ridiculous stamp perfect cross. Jaime Chavez. Uh, Jaime Chavez. Yeah. I know it wasn't as great of a finish. Um, some of the other goals that are on this were top corner, but I think the fact that the cross came in and that it was one timed off the volley just made it impossible to top. See, I think that goal goes in once out of 10 times. Okay. It's a fluke. In my opinion. I think the fact that it goes in that one time and that's the one that ends up on the goal of the year column, I think that is part of why it makes it so special. I See, get that it's fluky, I, I'm but more, the fact that it's fluky makes it even more special. Mm, I, I'm more on the side of goals that exhibit an extraordinary amount of talent. So, that, so that's why I'm going for his teammate in Miami FC, Ariel Martinez's shot, where he brings the ball forward from... Uh, just about a little past the halfway line, towards the goal, jukes past two defenders, and in three touches, basically, one of last one of which is a shot, fires it, cannonball to the top left hand side corner of the net, and and that one is it's it's a good run, it's three immaculate touches, and then perfectly placed where the goalkeeper can't get it. I, I think just him being able to do that just blows my mind. Um, so so that's why that's my pick. That's fair. Yeah. Well, well. Um, golden ball. I think um, it's hard to go with anyone but Christian on this one. Uh, you can make a case for a couple other dudes, but not really. Christian, 18 goals, five assists. He's not known as a passion striker. So, so to get the, that number of assists, I think for him is impressive. Um, 18 goals after kind of an offseason last year. Completely bounces back and a couple of great goals as well. Um, mm-hmm. the one his first touch of the year against Carolina that's up for goal of the season and then the one against Edmonton that kind of bounced in front of me kind of karate kicks in mm-hmm. it's yeah. incredible it's incredible and, and the other thing you gotta say about the guy as well is that uh, we gotta get Dr. Sigmund Freud in here cause he just tweeted uh, that he and his uh, I think still fiance yeah. are moving out of their first apartment or house or whatever and we don't know where they're going hey Minnesota United pay Christian <laughs> Does anybody remember the Eddie Johnson pay me celebration? Like it was it was like two years or two or three years ago after a goal near like right before the playoffs started, uh-huh. Eddie Johnson ran towards the supporters and just put his hands out and did the money symbol. <laughs> like he just it was like pay me, pay me my money. And then they did. And then unfortunately, um he had some uh was it a heart condition? It was a heart condition, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe, Christian, it's a good thing that he didn't do that because oh, okay. he, he won't end up with a heart condition. Yeah, not but, I don't want all. that to happen. But, yeah. but still, um, pay Christian his money. for Some guy who like claims some sort of six degree from Kevin Bacon relationship to Christian Ramirez said that Christian is going to the Harrisburg City Island. <laughs> I saw this and I cannot stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like, the top goal scorer I, at NASL is going to USL. And not only that, a USL team that is rumored to... <clears throat> 
be leaving the league. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like, not happening. I don't think. With Christian, um, I think it's either uh, MLS, whether it's with us or a different team. On, I don't think to, or I hope it's not with another team. Or he's going overseas to some second division in a big country. Yeah, I, I think I think he's got good things in his future for sure. If it's not with us, which I hope right. it is with us. Golden Glove, by the way, there's only really one. Um, candidate that we can talk about with any seriousness and it blows my freaking mind that I'm going to say this out loud which is Matt Van Oakel, um had the season of his life I'm, I'm going to make a very I didn't vote for him like this but I'm going to make a very outside argument that he was actually the golden ball winner just the mm-hmm. fact that I think there are probably five or six games where he personally kept Edmonton in it and allowed mm-hmm. them to win. He personally probably had a bigger impact mm-hmm. for his team than anyone else in the league. I do credit a lot of his success just to the fact that they were such a strong defensive unit. Yeah. But he had just so many ridiculous, ridiculous games this year. Yeah. Um, Coach of the year, I'm with you, Caleb. Tim Hankinson. Uh, yeah. Colin, you're saying Gio Savarese, go fight. You go first. Okay. Um, four marquee players leaving the Cosmos this year. Really no one coming in afterwards. And yet the Cosmos got better as the season progressed. Uh, first year at a team that wasn't really known, that no one really picked to go to the playoffs. Uh, signing The signing of the year, Eamon Zayed mm-hmm. to his team. Uh, getting John Bush, who was a very serviceable goalkeeper. Um, implementing his tactics and making the might a fortress. No one wants to go and play there. Yeah, um, that, that's that's the big thing. To yeah, me. and in in your first year doing that in any league is very impressive. Gio Severice has been there for a while. I think he's a good coach, but I think Tim Hankinson wins this one. Well, you know what Tim Hankinson did in his first year in NASL, right? He won the soccer bowl oh, with right. San Antonio. Yeah. Uh. So. So he's got some experience doing this. So. Yeah. I, I'm with you on on all of that. What about young player of the year, guys? Pape Diatite. Ooh, Pape. Easy uh, skeleton B boy yeah. from the the <laughs> elevator Halloween <laughs> elevator. <laughs> he 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 did so well though. He's such a great defender. It's it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, can you really vote for anyone else? No. I, don't, I, don't I mean, think so. you didn't make arguments for every player that was on the list, but Pape is the one that deserves the, it the most. I hope and pray that the front office at Minnesota United are like, hey, come hey, on up. MLS is calling. Here's some garbage for you, Pape. We've got that NASL USL priority list thing that apparently exists. <laughs> Maybe we should use that. Right? Yeah, we definitely should. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, MLS rules and such, we should talk about the MLS playoffs really quickly before we go. What's the situation, dudes? Um, I'll just quickly go over the knockout round. Uh, Toronto beat the Philadelphia Union in the first ever playoff win. Uh, it's their 10th year in the league, so it's big for their fans, big for them as a club. Um, so um, something for the uh, missing United fans to hope for that we get it. Within ten weeks, ten years. Do not start getting the <laughs> hopes up. Um, Impact uh, beat DC United very handily. It was four two, but those two United goals came in the stoppage time of the second half. Dradwell watched very uh, angrily from the stands. They don't need him. He they trained with the him. team today, though. 
they they're better without them. I'm just that right here. It's they're better statistically with them. They're better with their record without them. Leave Drogba. He's he's gone. Leave him. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I have flashbacks of times where Drogba has screwed Arsenal over. So I I can't say that they're better without him. <laughs> LA Galaxy beat uh, Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake really has to get a new core. Kyle Beckerman did not look good at all in that game. Um, he's dare probably we say, on his last legs. It, dare we say he looked a little bit like Aaron Pitchcolin? <laughs> Aaron Pitchcolin with dreads and like five feet I, shorter. Oh, yes. Don't make fun yeah. of Pitch, guys. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. I I, I love to. Pitch. I hope he gets signed on as a coach for next year. But player, no. Um, Seattle beat Sporting KC and probably the 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 game of the knockout round. Uh, very controversial. Both Beasler for KC and Valdez for Seattle scored from an offside position, but Beasler's was called offsides. Valdez has stood, and Tennessee uh, coach Peter Vermees is like, hey, Bill Edwards, what should I do here? And Bill Edwards is like, you should probably blame the refs real hard. And <laughs> good idea. And he blasted pro refs. Like, every fan in NASL and he probably MLS has wanted to do for so long. And Peter Vermees is kind of my hero right now for doing that. He was right. Yeah, he's definitely right. Mm-hmm. And He's probably going to find for it, but well worth it, I think. Um, going on to the first legs, uh, then the next round is two legs with a higher seed, higher, uh, like, lower yeah. record, but higher seed number, uh, hosting the first round. Uh, Montreal versus New York Red Bull. Red Bulls looked like they were going to take this they game. They had so many so chances. Yeah, so many. Did. But it took a just absolute gorgeous goal by uh, Mancuso to end up winning it for the home side Montreal. And my favorite thing about putting these, doing these uh, game notes is the attendance because 15,000 guys were at Montreal to watch this game. 15,000. That's like a lot times Fort Lauderdale. Is that <laughs> <Pretty> times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a math major. I was going to be like two Nessies, but a ton of Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> yeah. so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, Toronto FC wastes zero time between their first playoff win and their second playoff win against New York. Well, no, City they FC. wasted the first 84 minutes. That's what they did. So many, again, <clears throat> a lot of missed chances in this one, but uh, Toronto ended up winning 2-0 over New York City. And Josie Altidore, who's playing like the guy we wanted him to be for a U.S. men's national team, Anders Sunderland. Goals he always scores. Right. Nice. I mean, now it's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really hope he didn't stay healthy. He's only like 26, 27 years old. It's ridiculous it's re- how young yeah. he is. I really hope he can keep this form up. It's really exciting as a U.S. men's national team fan to see him playing this well. Even if it's in MLS, him and Giovinco are the most dangerous strike par- striking partnership in MLS right now. Uh-huh. By the way, uh, speaking of players who were really happy played and prospects of the U.S. men's national team, uh, Freddie Adu played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies this last weekend, by the way. Oh yeah, the next Pele. Yeah, right. Him. There you go. Yeah. Um, back to this game though. The I think the controversy here was David Villa's treatment by the MLS disciplinary committee. He had um, kicked out. Like you, it's kind of weird. The, the opposing player uh, Armando Cooper from Toronto FC kind of body checks him. I don't know if it's right to say. Or they go up for a ball, and the ball mm-hmm. kind of bounces away from both of them. And as Villa's coming down, he lashes out with his legs. It's pretty clear it's deliberate. Oh, yeah. He kicks him right in the back of the legs. Right. Um, those two players had come together in 
physical battles a few times that match. And right. um, one of my favorite things about MLS and their whole operation is that they have this thing called instant replay where this guy will go through all the controversial calls every week and say, like, because we have the val- uh, he has the Simon Borg, right? Simon Borg, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, He's yeah. I love those videos. He goes through every like controversial controversial call that fans tell him about. He goes, I agree with the ref on this one, or I would give a yell on this one. I would have given this on this one, and mm-hmm. it really slows the game down and kind of makes you realize that the refs are human, but. Sometimes they do get it right, guys. Hey, Peter Vermees. Sometimes they do get it right. Not that one time, but sometimes they do. But this was, I mean, okay, first of all, Simon Borg once dissed Minnesota United, so I'm going to hate him for the, forever. Because uh, he, like, he had, he had one of those, like, when we were first being considered against the Vikings, he, like, uh, said something super dismissive and off the cuff on a radio broadcast once. So, obviously, I'm going to hold that over him three <laughs> years later now. Yeah, but, uh, fuck that guy. Yeah, right? Uh, and the, the other thing I'll, I'll say about this <clears throat> particular thing is that the disciplinary committee reviewing this game. So, okay, the, the ref gets it wrong. Fine. Yeah. The disco reviewing it later said that it was deserving of a red, but not the suspension, which is ridiculous. Because his name is De- David Villa. Yeah. They, they have to have Any the star power. Would have gotten maybe not Lampard, but any other player would have gotten a red card. This is the uh, kind of thing that like reduces the competitive game. integrity yeah. of the of the league. You know, that's that, ridiculous. I get that Via is an MVP candidate for MLS, and they want to keep him in the game to to have people watch and come to games. But still, you have to give out suspensions when they're due, and you can't give leniency to star players. Yeah, the whole it's point a, of sports is fairness. Yes. You got to have a level playing field of some sort. I thought that's why we have parity and all this other shit. So let, let's just I, fucking call a spade a spade and say that this was a red. It needed a, and a red card gets a suspension. Uh, anyway, we can belabor this point for hours and hours. Point is he's going to be on the pitch and everyone will lose their minds next game. Um, so let, let's just keep game. moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, we'll go to the Western Conference. Uh, LA Galaxy against Colorado ended up uh, 1-0. And by the way, just a quick aside, I know that people had talked about how lopsided the results were for these top seeds. None of these matches actually had a f- first-half goal. All of these matches were cagey in the first half and then opened up in the second half. And in all of these cases, yeah, it was the home team that ended up well ahead. Um, for the Galaxy, at least, it, it was just one solid, solid goal for Giorgio Santos. Was it, though? Yeah, It, it, it was point. headed in off the ground. A car, car defender tries to head it away and just hits it into the top 90. Great finish by him. But the goal goes to G- Giovanni Dos Santos. Uh, I, I was saying it was a solid goal. It was credited to Gio Dos Santos. Yes. The shot was on target, so it goes to him. But, again, people were making a big deal about the home teams winning and the the higher-ranked teams losing. But Red Bull, Colorado, still right in this. I think mm-hmm. New York City FC is still in this. I don't think they win. But this next game with Seattle and SC Dallas is more of a lopsided victory for Seattle with a 3-0 victory. Mm-hmm. And I just have to touch on the attendance for this game. 37,000. That's the total for Fort Lauderdale throughout the whole... That's more than total for Fort Lauderdale for the whole entire season. Holy season? Ah, uh, that's crazy. It's, it's yeah, insane. I mean, it's incredible. And 
it's a scale difference this new league that we're joining it's an yes. entire like scale difference it's incredible and uh nelson valdez who hasn't scored throughout the whole entire regular season has two goals in two games albeit one was offside against kansas city um scores here uh lodi arrow just in that's two um i think without uh mario diaz dallas just looked looks like a different team and i don't think they can come back in the home leg well we'll just have to find out right yeah. what are the next set of games that was the last set of games oh for the set i thought you meant for the highlights uh my n- bad yeah over the weekend on sunday yeah thank you all oh, right yeah, no, oh yes of course i'm sorry <laughs> this is where we're rebranding so all these kinks ironed out <laughs> all right well um it's uh it's kind of weird to say goodbye to tough because this has been a, a fantastic podcast that i started with uh kyle way back in the day um a couple of years ago jeff came on board we we moved on to you guys coming on board and helping make this an even better show and it's been a it's been a good run um we're gonna keep the episode numbers the same i think because i don't want to lose that uh okay. that history but may- maybe when when we call it soccer comes out we'll change the the numbering i don't know yet but stay it's gonna be on the same feed so don't change anything else you'll find it on 55.1 itunes uh google play podcast stitcher soundcloud and it'll still be posted on the at two united fans twitter account which is where i tweet from where do the good people find you guys you can find me at the attachment you can find me at k olsen 716 brilliant and you can also find us uh or at least me for sure but i'm gonna try to convince these guys to comment hopefully the dark cloud social hours that we're gonna have here in the twin city so if you're listening to us locally make sure to keep an eye out on the dark clouds feeds to to come to some of these social hour events i organize them they're fun they are sometimes you always want to meet a fan (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if it's gonna happen but (laughs) yeah all right well, well with that we're gonna call it a night on tough cost by two united fans this is notch this is colin This is Caleb. Good night, everybody.